Good morning, Pittsburgh, and a special good morning to Alex Highsmith. What is it like to wake up the day after signing a contract for $68 million? Well, Alex Highsmith will have that feeling today, whenever it is, that he decides to wake up in the great city of Pittsburgh after signing a four-year deal, officially a five-year contract, worth over $70 million with the Pittsburgh Steelers to stay The former third-round pick out of Charlotte will be a Steeler through the 2027 season, and it further solidifies the Steelers' commitment to defense. I'm Austin Bechtel with you here on the Fan Early Morning Show for this Thursday morning on July 20th. And as the Steelers continue to prepare to get ready for training camp, it shows an added commitment to not just what the Steelers have previously done in years past under the old regime of Kevin Colbert and company, it's now ushering in the new era of Omar Khan, of Andy Weidel, and a continued approach to draft your own, develop your own, and then sign your own. Alex Highsmith replaced Bud Dupree, former first-round pick, somebody who, when he left, signed a huge deal in Tennessee. And I was a little bit skeptical of really how good T.J. Watt made Bud Dupree. Was Dupree that great of a player? Or was he just somebody that benefited from having one of the best pass rushers in all football and an eventual defensive player of the year on the other side of him? Alex Highsmith really was looked at at first as a depth piece. Somebody who can come in and try to spell and be the third guy in that pass rushing rotation, but he really blossomed into something. He blossomed into a star, especially with TJ Watt out this past season. Watt is the NFL defensive player of the year, 22 and a half sacks the year before, tied Michael Strahan's single season record. He really should have been number one in all his sacks in the NFL. And if that last game against Baltimore was at home, it might be the case that T.J. Watt would have got another sack. He had a couple of instances where there was a play where he tripped up the quarterback, could have got the call, but it ended up being deciphered as a rush. Whatever, if it was in Pittsburgh and it was the Steelers' official scorekeepers and everyone keeping stats deciding on what it truly was going to be it probably would have been a sack and TJ Watt would have had the all-time record but nonetheless Alex Highsmith he's 25 he'll be signed through until he's 29 he'll still be able to get another big contract potentially if he's still a star 14 and a half sacks last season five force fumbles Five forced fumbles for Alex Highsmith. Overall, he was the guy that the Steelers needed him to be whenever T.J. Watt was out. I mean, he was great to begin the year against Cincinnati in the game that the Steelers ended up going just absolutely haywire defensively where T.J. Watt went off with an interception and some sacks. Alex Highsmith had three sacks. He had nine total tackles. Six of them were total tackles. As well as forcing a fumble in that game. 
But you want to look at what did Alex Highsmith do when T.J. Watt was not on the field? Well, there were a couple instances where, yes, he did kind of shrivel a little bit and you wondered if the pass rush was going to be able to keep up. But a main reason why and a big reason because of that is because of how opposing offenses and opposing offensive lines and offensive coordinators were approaching Alex Highsmith and his ability to get to the quarterback. Highsmith against New England didn't have any sacks, didn't have a tackle for loss. He returned in the Thursday night game at Cleveland and what ended up being a little bit abysmal for the Steelers, 29-17, to the loss, eight tackles in the game, had one and a half sacks. He had a sack the next week against the New York Jets and a loss at home, and then the absolute disastrous game against Buffalo where it seemed like everybody was off the field in the second half where he only had one tackle, and that was just one of those burn-the-tape type of games. Throw it away. You don't have T.J. Watt. Would T.J. Watt have even made a difference in that game? No. The Steelers, once they stepped foot into that stadium and the clock started to roll, really had no chance. But against Tampa Bay, had one sack against Tom Brady, was shut out against Miami and Philadelphia in what were two more difficult games on the road, that Philadelphia game, another one that the Steelers really had no chance in. Two non-competitive games last season being Buffalo, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. Buffalo could have easily been the AFC representative. But the Kansas City Chiefs in, that guy Patrick Mahomes did his thing. He had two sacks against New Orleans. He had half a sack against Cincinnati. Alex Highsmith loves to feast against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. And, well, why not do really well against your division? When you have the chance to star and be a stud against your own division for Alex Highsmith, he did that against Cincinnati and against Cleveland. Highsmith had a combined four sacks against the Browns as well as three and a half sacks against the Cincinnati Bengals in his 16 and a half total. He forced a fumble against Carolina. Indianapolis, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and that game to begin the season against Cincinnati. Now, T.J. Watt missed a major amount of games in the middle of the season, was able to come back in the latter half, and Highsmith was still productive. Sack against Carolina. Last four games of the year, Carolina, Vegas, Baltimore, Cleveland. And Alex Highsmith was still a very strong player. He was better because he had T.J. Watt next to him, who wouldn't be. But it's not like he completely went away altogether in games without him. He had seven games where he did not record a sack overall this season at a 17. 14 and a half on the year, 63 total tackles. He was a key player. He was a great player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was worthy of the money. And it just, again... The emphasis on defense for the Steelers when everybody in the NFL wants to continually focus on offense. Kansas City Chiefs, what do you think of first? Obviously Mahomes, but you think offense. You think Kelsey. You think Juju last season and helping them to be able to win a Super Bowl. You think Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You think of the guys that they've had in the backfield, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You think of the year they had Jared McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco. The wide receivers that they continue to bring in, Sky Moore, young guys to try to balance off what Kelsey brings and just that whole entire offensive system to begin with. 
you need guys to be able to rush the quarterback. The most important positions in football are your quarterback, who protects your quarterback, and who gets to your quarterback. And the Steelers are not paying their quarterback. Kenny Pickett is going into his second season. You can afford to pay guys, including Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, you're going to pay regardless because of just the dog that he is. The fact that he is arguably the best pass rusher in all of football. Nick Bosa's up there. Miles Garrett in Cleveland is up there as well. And if you want to include the whole entire defensive line in general, I mean, is TJ Watt really a defensive lineman? Then Aaron Donald is obviously right there at the top as well. But for Alex Highsmith, he has earned himself a spot to be considered one of the top pass rushers in the NFL. He really has in three seasons, his rookie year, played all 16 games, only had two sacks. 2021, all 16 games, he played 16 of the 17 games, rather. 74 total tackles, six sacks, and was just a force, a force to be reckoned with in stuffing guys behind the line of scrimmage. So this past year, when Alex Highsmith was given his opportunity, five forced fumbles when in the previous two years he had one. 14 and a half sacks when in the previous two years he had a combined eight. His total tackles were down, but, I mean, who cares? Other guys were making plays. How about Miles Jack is the one that ended up leading the Steelers in total tackles with about 104, who will not be commanding the middle linebacker position for the Steelers. The Steelers are not paying really anybody on the offensive side of the ball. Pat Fryermuth's on a rookie contract. Deontay Johnson's making big-time money. That's a topic for another day. But you're not paying Kenny Pickett. You're not paying Najee Harris. You're not paying Broderick Jones, who you just drafted. You're not paying George Pickens. You're paying some of the guys on your offensive line okay money, like Mason Cole. Chooksakorafor is making a pretty penny. But James Daniels, still not that much money. Kevin Dodson, what are you going to do there? Well, seems like he's going to be the extra guard that can move around and put Sayamalo from Philadelphia at the left guard position. Continue to build up the offensive line there, but the money is spent on the defensive side of the ball. Patrick Peterson, Micah Fitzpatrick. Let Terrell Edmonds go in free agency with KZ now and Keanu Neal at the safety position. I like this Steeler defense. I like what they bring to the table. And to be able to continue to have this defense stick together, which has continuously been in the top five in sacks, and a lot of the times has led the league in sacks, one big major reason why has been Alex Highsmith. He is the Robin to the Batman of T.J. Watt. And I think the difference is for the Steelers compared to when Bud Dupree was in a similar situation. Did you really believe that Bud Dupree was all that much better of a player than what Alex Highsmith is now and what Alex Highsmith continues to be. I don't think so. I always thought that Bud Dupree, I wouldn't call him a fraud, but when he went to Tennessee, he became exposed. Bud Dupree did nothing in Tennessee. I thought that in three years, he signed a big contract with Tennessee. He had a great season with the Steelers his last year before ultimately going in free agency and getting a big deal with the Tennessee Titans. I thought in that instead of having 15 sacks in one year, he'd get 15 sacks in three years combined. I just didn't see it with Bud. He didn't seem like the smartest player in terms of 
overall knowing the defensive scheme, that he was just a kind of go get the pat, go get the quarterback type of guy. That if you had to drop him back in coverage, if he had to make a big time read at the line, that T.J. Watt had him beat on that. And it's hard to compare and say that because T.J. Watt is just the freak of nature that he is, defensive player of the year, just everything. There's just so many intangibles to explain about T.J. Watt, but I think Alex Highsmith gets it. I think he understands what it takes to be a big-time pass rusher in the NFL and that the more and more that he continues to get better and develop and not just have a big game, whether it be two sacks, three sacks, but be able to be a consistent force for the team no matter who they're playing, and be able to help out in the pass rush to alleviate pressure off of T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward and anybody else that the Steelers want to put up there on the defensive line. The extension is done. An extension could get done with another high-profile member of the Pittsburgh Steelers before training camp begins next week. Who could it be? Who could it be now? Well... I'll tell you next here on the Fan Early Morning Show. I'm Austin Bechtold, Sports Radio 937 The Fan. Fan Early Morning Show. I'm Austin Bechtold. Steelers are reporting to camp next week. Isn't it exciting? Especially with how the continued downfall of the Pirates has continued to go. And I'm a big baseball guy. I love the sport. Uh, Just overall, the Pirates. And there's no other environment like PNC Park when it's packed in the summer. When the team's competitive, which frankly hasn't been the case since April. But now, attention in the next couple of weeks is going to start shifting. It's going to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. After Alex Highsmith signed his new deal, it's already started to go in that direction. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are going back to Latrobe. And training camp is always a time to reflect, not just on last season, but most importantly to reflect on what you have going on this upcoming year. Alex Highsmith got a lot of love from his teammates on social media for his new contract, TJ Watt. Congrats, brother. You earned it. Can't wait for this season. Cole Holcomb, Alex Highsmith, dog, as well as Nick Herbig tweeting out Adam saying Smitty in a congratulation post. And Cam Hayward, congratulations to my guy, Alex Highsmith. It's the best week for you. Next contract and Picklesburg this weekend couldn't have asked for any more. And multiple other Steelers players came out and just basically said it was well deserved. And they well appreciated the fact that the Steelers and Alex Eisman were able to get a deal done. Is a Mike Tomlin extension deserved? He has two years left on his contract. It seems like that this is the time when the Steelers and Tomlin. Think about getting another deal done. Think about adding on more years. Now, Mike Tomlin has been the coach of the Steelers for a plenty amount of years. Eight and nine in the postseason. Everybody knows the success that the Penguins have had in the postseason previously from the last time that the Steelers have made the playoffs. And the Pirates, well, if you look back to Not that long ago, the last time that the Pirates were in the postseason, 2013, and you compare to the last time that the Steelers were in the postseason, 2013, and the years to come afterwards, it's just not great in terms of what the Steelers are capable of, what the Steelers 
should be and what the Steelers have been. Mike Tomlin has not won a playoff game since 2016. Overall, the Pirates won three playoff games in 2013. The wild card game in two games against the St. Louis Cardinals in the divisional round. Should have won that playoff series, but whatever. Mike Tomlin still, six years in a row, the Steelers have gone without winning a playoff game. This season would be seven in a row if the Steelers don't win a playoff game. The Steelers didn't even make the playoffs last season. It's a huge drought. It's a huge drought for the Steelers. The Steelers' playoff wins overall, it's just have not, it's just have not been great. The team has struggled. Struggled mightily. The AFC wild card game against Cincinnati, 18-16, one of the wins there, back in the Killer Bees days. And 2017 was the last time that the Steelers had much of a fighting chance in the playoffs. 30 to 12 the win against Miami, the Dolphins in the AFC wild card, followed by an 18 to 16 thriller of a game in Kansas City in the divisional round. But then against New England, the absolute trouncing in the 2017 AFC divisional, 36 to 17 the final score. And the Steelers really did not have much of a shot in that as Tom Brady took his team back to the Super Bowl and met a team in the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles. So, Mike Tomlin, should he really get an extension? I At this point, I want to see it play out another year. I don't think that Mike Tomlin, as it currently sits right now, really is... Deserving is probably not the best word. Is he a top five coach in the league? Andy Reid is definitely ahead of him. Bill Belichick, even though there's rumors that he's on the hot seat in New England, is still probably ahead of Mike Tomlin. You can't disrespect somebody with six Super Bowl rings and has had years and years of success on other staffs and has been to Super Bowls and made long playoff runs. I just don't understand the reasoning other than the fact that this is historically what the Steelers and Mike Tomlin have done, that why can't he play out another year on his contract? The Steelers with players decide to get a deal done with their top guys, usually with a year left on the contract. T.J. Watt, now Alex Highsmith. Seen it happen with Cam Hayward. Seen it happen with Minka Fitzpatrick, where, okay, maybe they get a deal done with two years left, but priorities usually set in when there's one year left on the deal. And I don't know, Mike Tomlin seems untouchable. It seems that unless... The Steelers go completely into the crapper, fall apart, win five games, don't have a chance at all to be competitive, that Mike Tomlin will continue to stick around and be the coach of the Steelers. And I like Mike Tomlin. I do. He's never had a losing season. Yeah, yeah, you know, you continue to talk about that. But it's true. It's a huge talking point with Steelers fans, with the media, that Mike Tomlin, yes, He's had some 8-8 eight and eight seasons. He's had some seasons where he's been 500. He's had the 8-8-1 eight, eight year. Where Mike Tomlin has just found ways to not go below 500. And he just continues to 
plug away, plug away, plug away as one of the best coaches in the NFL. And partly the reason why I say that is he's historically been that. Is he that now? I don't think. But when you deal with what you had to go through with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and what we've learned of those players since they left the Steelers, I have a newfound appreciation for Mike Tomlin. Now, has that grown a little bit stale? Because Brown and A.B., because A.B. and Bell have not played for the Steelers in a numerous amount of years now? Yeah, probably. But I still like to give Mike Tomlin the benefit of the doubt. Should I? Probably not. But the defense has always been successful. Do I fault him for maybe having a little bit too much of a hand in the defense? Not really. I mean, his input has been valuable for the Steelers' defense. Is he really the Steelers' defensive coordinator instead of Terrell Austin? That's something else that's also up for the debate. I would like to see him take a little bit more precedent on what Matt Canada does. I don't want him to mingle into the offense, which is potentially what Tomlin could have been doing a little bit of last season and having a lot of a focus on what the offense was doing and not just letting Matt Canada take the wheels. But does anybody really want Matt Canada to drive the bus, take the wheel of the car and try to guide this team and try to develop Kenny Pickett? That's a story for a whole nother day. I want to see Mike Tomlin prove it this year. I want to see this team go out there and make a stand. Make a stance in the AFC especially in the AFC North. Don't finish third in the AFC North. I don't think the Steelers are going to finish last in the division. I think the Steelers can be a sneaky team in the AFC. I think they can go out there and win 11 games. 12 seems maybe a little bit out of the reach, but would you take 11 and 6? I would. 12 and 5? Possibly. The schedule's not that hard. It kind of plays out for you where your toughest games are at home. You do have to leave the East Coast time zone a lot more and take a couple West Coast trips. You have Vegas, who's rebuilding, reloading with a new quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. The L.A. Rams, which I'm really looking forward to that game. But what is Matt Stafford and the Rams right now? What is their roster going to truly look like with a couple of aging veterans that is their main core with Sean McVay? And then the constant question of what do you do against your division? Probably going to split against Baltimore. I think they can split against Cincinnati. I think they could take two from Cincinnati. They've done well against the Bengals. And then the Browns have always found a way to to steal one from them. That could be the case again. But if Mike Tomlin can go out there and set the tone against the division, like Alex Highsmith has done with his play, which I think is a big reason why he was able to get the contract done, then I think the Steelers are looking in a pretty solid spot going into this season, going into training camp, and I would not be surprised to see a Mike Tomlin extension by everything we've heard being announced the first day of camp, but I really ask why. They're probably going to add two more years onto it, and we'll be having the same conversation in two years again. Why not let Mike Tomlin play it out this year, reassess, and then, okay, if the Steelers have an 11-6 year, win a playoff game, give Mike Tomlin an extension, but I want to see more. I'm Austin Bechtel. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. The Pirates are playing... One of the best players, potentially all-time in all of baseball this Friday. Who is it? Who's on the mound? Who's in the batter's box? That guy out in L.A. We'll talk about him coming up next. Show Aotani, 97 The Fan. Austin Bechtel with you here on The Fan Early Morning Show. I am very excited for a Pirates game this weekend. 
I know there's not that much excitement around the Pirates nowadays. I mean, there is surrounding the fact that Leover Pagero is here, Andy Rodriguez is here, Henry Davis has been here for a month, Nick Gonzalez has been here for a couple weeks, Quinn Priester, even though he didn't have the greatest of starts, or Andy Rodriguez's first two games weren't great. But the Pirates yesterday were able to win, defeat the Cleveland Guardians 7-5. to Comeback fashion for the Buccos. It was a 4-0 game at one point. You thought, well, this one's over. The Pirates are going to get swept again. And they're going to ride off to L.A., the City of Angels, well, really Anaheim, and continue to flounder, flutter, and fall further down the National League standings. But the Buccos were able to get a couple of RBIs from G-Man Choi, a couple from Jared Chiolo. Choi had a single that drove in two. Trillo a single that drove in two as well. Brian Reynolds ended up just barely beating out what was a double play ball with the bases loaded and one out to keep the inning alive. Before that, in the fifth inning, Nick Gonzalez singled in. Henry Davis, Jack Sawinski doubled in. Jared Triolo. Jared Triolo has been somebody you just can't take out of the lineup. Josh Bell crushed the Pirates again. He loves PNC Park. He homered in the eighth. Singled in the fifth to drive in a run. He had two RBIs, including that home run. David Bednar got the save. But the most important Pirate game that's coming up this week is against Shohei Otani. Otani will pitch on Friday from Los Angeles against the Pirates, and I can't wait. I will be glued to my seat watching every pitch that Shohei Otani throws. He will pitch. He is a designated hitter as well. He is a unicorn. He is the best baseball player in the game right now and potentially of all time. If if Shohei Otani can continue this pace for the next two years of what he's doing, he will be the greatest baseball player of all time. He is 29 years old. He, He leads the league in home runs with 35 he is batting 306, 76 RBIs. He's stolen 11 bases. His OPS is over 1,000. And it's not just like, oh, you know, 1.003. It's 1.075. OPS plus of 187. He has 111 hits. He is a war of seven this season. There's, we still have two months left. He is a war of seven. He could be a 10-win player. And he is just dominant everywhere that he shows up. I mean, Otani is a freak. He is so damn good. Last year, he had 34 home runs. He's already passed that. He had 95 RBIs. He's going to pass that. And he played 157 games. He played 155 the year before that. He's only a three-time All-Star. You think Otani should be in the All-Star game every single year. He debuted in 2018 with the Angels the age of 23. 2019, his age 24 year, 18 home runs, 62 RBIs. And the 2020 season, we were robbed of a full year of baseball. 44 games, he still had seven home runs. Oh, and don't forget, he also stole seven bases that year. He stole 26 bases two years ago. And don't forget that, uh, yeah, he does that pitching thing too. He didn't pitch in 2019, but this year, 350 ERA. It was better at one point as well. He's had a couple of starts that have blown up his ERA. 
18 games, 105 in the third innings, 72 hits. He's allowed 41 earned runs, 14 home runs. He's walked 46. Yeah, he struck out 139 in 105 innings. He pitched in the All-Star game last year. He hit in the All-Star game. He's been in the Home Run Derby. 166 innings last season. He went 15-9 overall in his age 27 year. 219 strikeouts and 166 innings. And that's, oh, by the way, in the same year last year that he went out and hit 34 home runs. I mean, I just don't know which way to explain Shohei Otani. And I wish, I truly wish that Otani was playing for somebody on the East Coast so that we'd be able to see more of him. So that if the Pirates, if he played in a division, in the, even if it was he played in the National League, we would see him once a year at PNC Park. And that might be the case. He'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Or what's going to happen with the Angels at the trade deadline? Will the Angels decide to trade him? Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, has basically said, no, he is not going across town to the Dodgers. But Shohei Otani is a breath of fresh air for the game of baseball. He is immaculate. He is just a fantastic player. There's just nothing like it. I just don't know how to put him into words. He is a number one starting pitcher on your team who you bat third in the order and can steal you a base. Who else can do that? He's the best baseball player since Babe Ruth. He is the best. He he is basically the equivalent of having, in terms of modern-day baseball players, Aaron Judge in the lineup. He is on pace to potentially break Aaron Judge's single-season home run record in the American League that he set last season, as well as being a number-one pitcher on your team. Think, uh, yeah, that guy Justin Verlander, who has won multiple Cy Youngs. Maybe not the this year Justin Verlander, but Justin Verlander of the past couple of years before. And when he was winning Cy Young Awards with Detroit. And as the champion with the Houston Astros. Shohei Otani is magical. I will watch every single minute of that game against the Angels on Friday. Johan Oviedo will take the mound for the Buccos. Pirates are off today. Travel day to get to LA. 9.30 ballpark when the first pitch is. I'm so excited for it. I hope you tune in to watch Shohei Otani. It will be worth every second to see the greatest player, the greatest player that this game has. The game's greatest right now. And to see him be able to go up there against the Pirates, I am just so ready for it. The pre-show is next with Adam Crowley. Sports Radio 937 The Fam.